Hello, everybody. Uh, it's me, John. I am your host of My Life in Miniatures, and this is episode number four. Uh, episode number four, which is going to feature a wonderful friend of mine, friend of the shows. I get to say that now. I get to say it. People are a friend of the show. Uh, Sasha Bilton, one of the founders of the legendary Hate Club, um, who we'll be talking to a little bit later. Uh, yeah, we've got a really great show. Uh, you're going to enjoy it, I think. I liked it. I loved it. Do you know why I loved it? I loved it because for the first time doing one of these, Sasha was actually sat in my flat with me and we drank coffee and we had a chat and it was lovely. Um, it was so nice to actually have someone around and and do this with them face to face. Because normally when I record these, I use Zoom and, uh, and that's great. Zoom's, hey, Zoom has <laughs> saved a lot of us from going completely mad over the last couple of years. Um, but there's nothing quite like just having someone sat down, cup of coffee, glass of water, having a chat about toy soldiers, and it was it was great. It was a lovely weekend. It was quite a pleasant one. Uh, we we popped over to Warhammer World. We uh, ate a nice hearty um, breakfast or no lunch in Bugman's. I think it was my breakfast actually. But um, but yeah, it was great. It was lovely, and um, I hope you're going to enjoy that show. More about Sasha. In a little bit. Um, I'm a little, I don't know if you can tell this from the sound of my voice, I might have a slight hangover today. Um, shock and horror to anyone who knows me who's listening to this. Um, but yeah, I do. I have a slight hangover. It was because something nice is starting to happen again. Um, when I first moved up to Nottingham, uh, it was great when you could just run into people at bars and, you know, I... I there is there there are a collection of nice bars and restaurants and pubs in Nottingham, and uh, all my friends have similar taste in those sort of things to me. So you know you just walk out and you'd go to one of these places and you know you'd see someone you knew, and that was wonderful. And because you could just hang out and have a chat and do whatever. And then pandemic happens, and that all goes away and it's never quite come back yet. Except it's starting to, and that's what I like because last night my um, my regular Friday night um, pal, who uh, we go drinking together, um, he's had a horrible day and was just like, no, I'm not going to the pub. And I was like, okay, fine. So I thought, I'll pop along, because it's a local brewery, um, and uh, I like supporting them. I like making sure they're surviving and doing well. So I popped along, and I thought, I'll just have a couple. You know, I've, I've got my book, I've got my phone to play around with, and yeah, so I had a couple of beers, and then I get this tap on my shoulder, and it's some old friends. And it's it sounds weird; it's, it shouldn't be a, a as big a deal as it is, you know. But it, just having the, people come up to you in pubs and say hello because they're your friends, like it was in the olden days. A couple of weeks ago, I actually went to a pub with about eight people from different households, and we had a lovely day and i'm not pretending covid isn't still out there it is i am in, have been incredibly lucky that i haven't got it yet um i'm triple vaxxed because you know i'm able to get vaccinated and i'm a sensible person so i've i've i'm triple vaxxed so i'm in good shape but i haven't had it yet but uh yeah it was just it was lovely and so anyway people come into the bar and you know you have a chat and there's a big group of them and they're all going off out and you think oh, I'll go for a couple and you know you have a few more drinks and uh, the hangover is much worse today than um than I thought it would be but it, it's fine it was hey it's a, it's a memento of a 
of a lovely evening, which uh, those lovely sorts of evenings are starting to return, and I'm very, very happy about that. Um, new hobby news. Uh, I've got a couple of things out this week. Um, the new Gravis Captain uh, in uh, for Primary Space Marines. Um, that is... I painted one of those. Games Workshop very kindly sent it to me. Um, and I've painted it as a Mortifactor, which was lovely, um, because I haven't painted a Mortifactor in years. And it's, it's still... I kind of like, these days, going back to old painting styles I used to have and things that I really wouldn't do now. Um, revisiting them. And, uh, yeah, it's it's it was, it's been really fun. So, anyway, I painted him up. Um, you can see him on my Twitter, just... Go follow me at Heresy Heroes if you are so inclined. Uh, if you want to go to heresyandheroes.com, uh, you can do because we have a new Lazy Painters army list up. It's the Tau and all of their massive, terrifying guns. Um, having seen the Codex again, Games Workshop, thank you for sending one out to me. Um, yeah, they're, they're big guns. They really are big guns. But that's what the Tau should be, right? The That's their thing. They can't do anything in melee, so... You just they they need massive massive shooters and um, and they definitely have those now. Uh, particular favourite when you get to see the full rules for it. Uh, the storm surge is frankly jaw dropping. Um, <laughs> so is the uh, very low points cost for a hammerhead with a rail gun mounted on it. But um, yeah, I've done a new army list. <laughs> it's weird with the tower because I was like, oh look, it's only twenty models. That's great. That's perfect. Because when I do these army lists, the idea is. For lazy painters like me who would like a Tau army but don't want to paint, you know, 40, like, small blokes and, you know, another 10 big things, it's like, well, let's just make it a smaller model count as possible. With the Tau, I was like, yeah, I got it under 20. But I forgot the drones. And actually with drones, it's like 38. <laughs> but they're drones. It's, I mean, who cares? They're tiny. You can paint a drone in 20 minutes. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, still, it's a really fun list. I encourage you to go and look at it. Uh, if you are, again, so inclined. And coming out the same day as this podcast comes out, I've got a review of the brand new Spike Almanac uh, for 2021. Uh, I'm not going to give away anything about the article um, by saying that I loved it, and I think if you are a fan of Blood Bowl uh, and Dungeon Bowl, um, you you need the Spike Almanac because it's wonderful. Um, it's got plenty of new stuff in there as well, and, um, yeah, it's... More on that later. Um, I'm getting some. I'm getting some hobby pangs. I'm getting some hobby pangs. I want. I want to paint some Eldar. Um, so I'm going to be doing some of that soon as well. Because uh, I, like many of you, watched uh, the big reveal uh, at uh, the LVO, and um, that avatar is lovely. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm kind of keen to. Um, I don't know. I'm going to pick up some. Some, actually, someone said they were going to give me some Dire Avengers, so I'm going to get some of those. But I've got, you know, I painted an Elder Army a long time ago, and um, I kind of want to go back and do some more on that now. Anyway, uh, great reveal. Cabando was also a star, I thought. I'm intrigued about the Ashway stuff in Necromunda. Uh, I don't know that I love the idea of there being vehicles in Necromunda, but, A, uh, if they make it like Gorkamorka but set in the ash wastes, I'm more than happy about it. That sounds fantastic. To end my waffle section of the programme, I am just going to say uh, I have not yet heard back from Sir Elton John or his representatives. Uh, at this stage, it's frankly rude. Uh, no, it's not. But and you know what I mean. Uh, so it, as soon as I hear from him, 
if I can start getting some better intro music, you will, you will, well, you'll hear it before I tell you about it because it'll be on the beginning of a, one of these episodes. Uh, right. So we've got Sasha, uh, Sasha Bilton, who is, uh, I've known Sasha for a few years. And what was really nice is this weekend, uh, just gone, um, we got to hang out and got to, got to know him a bit more. And he's a lovely, lovely human being. And he's been in the hobby for a very long time. Um, we're going really old school with this. Uh, we're, we're starting off in the early 1980s. And yeah, it, and, and it goes up to modern, modern day stuff as well. So don't, don't fear if, you're, if you want a bit of modern day. But uh, it all sounds like we're just talking about ancient stuff. We talk a bit about ancient stuff, but then we'll get to the modern day soon enough. Don't you worry. Uh, Sasha is also at Illusionary Terrain, which you can find on Instagram, or you can go to illusionaryterrain.com. Uh, he's currently making some wonderful terrain, custom-made pieces, uh, 3D printed stuff. It's, he's got a whole warehouse full of uh, fun toys to play with in that in that scope of thing, and that's what he loves to do. So, if you're after some custom terrain, uh, head to illusionaryterrain.com. Um, there'll be a link. I'll put it on my site. I'll put, I'll put a link to, to his place on, on uh, heresyandheroes.com. Anyway, waffled far too much now. Let's get straight into it. Here is my lovely conversation with Sasha Bilton. Sasha, thank you very much for joining us uh, on My Life in Minis. Uh, well, uh, thank you for inviting me. I feel uh, very honoured. Well, thank you very much for coming. Uh, I'm, I'm honoured to have you. So we're, we're all honoured, uh, which is all great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so today we're going to be talking to you about your life in miniatures. And uh, you've had quite quite a, a long and storied life. In, I don't want to make you feel old. Uh, but, well, I am old. Well, yeah, right. It's okay. You know, I'm... I'm uh, <laughs> <coughs> but um, we're going to take you back to your very first miniatures yep which am i right because we've got three options uh in 1983 yes i mean it depends on how many you want to, to talk about mm. i'm happy to talk about all of them yeah let's do it. um uh but um, i kind of i have done them sort of in the order in which i remember them coming into my life right in, in my brain okay so. so before well so in 1983 yes uh games existed yes um, yep. But, well, Warhammer 40,000 definitely didn't. No, yet. no. Uh, was Warhammer? No, no, I don't think so. I think Warhammer was... Uh, it might have been a... No, it wouldn't have been 83. It might have... Uh, maybe 85 or 84. I don't a- actually yeah. remember. But I did I did have it. Yeah. I did have the first edition. Box set. Harry Black the Hammer. Box, Harry the Hammer. Nice. Um, Thorgrim. Yeah. I have the Thorgrim model, which um, isn't on the list. But, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, right. So, but that that hadn't quite no. got to you. The first thing you remember coming into your life is from uh, Grenadier Games. Yep, and it was the Ranger from the Dragon Lords. Yeah. So uh, I was I was a role player. Yeah. Um, and and actually, I think I started role playing uh, around 1980. So I would have right. I would have been nine. Yeah. Um, and um, to be honest with you, my parents were getting a little bit desperate because I was not uh, learning to read very well. Um, uh, And uh, it turns out it's a mixture of both dyslexia and um, uh, and a a, a lack of attention, shall we say. It wasn't... I did get diagnosed with dyslexia, but not with ADHD. Mm. Um, 
and I loved all things fantasy. Yeah. You know, and Star Wars and, you know, anything like that. Lord of, my mum my had read to me Lord of the Rings and it was just, you know, amazing. I still to this day remember her talking about the Balrog and my my vision of it. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, and so we were in um, the Game Centre, Virgin Game... No, it wasn't the Virgin Game Centre, it was the original Game Centre in the West End of London. Yeah. Um, and they came across this range of products and the man in the shop recommended tunnels and trolls because you could play solo which is the pick your path style yeah, you know, yeah, the thing that made um uh warlock of firetop mountain is, is the kind of the, the well-known one in the uk but before mm. that um tunnels and trolls were doing doing uh, solo books um and for a couple of years that was really all i i understood but it was the impetus that i need to learn to read and i mm. loved the books because of the art um, um, the it was black and white line illustration by Liz Danforth, Elizabeth Danforth, right, yeah. um, and just it just captured me completely. Um, nice. And it was like these these books have so much interesting things in them. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I want to understand them, so I put the effort in and learned to read properly. Nice, that's um, good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, and of course, um, and then you know. St- sort of would go into the game centre and there would be these display cases with lots of probably lead, lead <laughs> miniatures mm-hmm. and little numbers in front of them and, you know, the price and the and the code. And yeah. you would write them down on a piece of paper and you would take them to the <clears throat> man at the counter and he would, yeah. you know, be very judgmental about what you were buying and, and come back with, you know, a handful of lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I've got to say... You did me a list of the miniatures that you want to talk about. Yeah. For the older ones, you put the code in I, uh, yeah. with all of them <laughs> yeah. in email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just, you know, I don't know. It was, uh, yeah, I think it's it, it, it matches the feeling, you know, that, yeah. that, that code thing. Yeah. 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 Um, really matched it. Um, but I think what actually, the first thing that happened was my, my parents or, you know, gave, bought me this bo- a box set of adventurers. Mm. Um, and this was the specialist's box set. Right. And I'm, and the one that I remember painting the most was the ranger. Mm. Um, and this would have been with enamels. Yeah. And um, there was an awful lot of uh, passion and very little skill. <laughs> hey, that's how we all start. Yeah, absolutely, that's, that's absolutely. And I still have the model. Um, oh, cool. But, uh, but actually, and it, tangentially re- recently, um, I managed to buy the entire box again. Um, because it was being sold by the estate. Uh, Joe Denver's uh, wife was selling his collection. So I have mm-hmm. Joe Denver's unpainted box of Grenadier miniatures. That's pretty cool. Which is really cool. Yeah. So I now have two of those rangers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually have a couple of them from that, I, uh, that are painted mm. in enamels from, from when I was a kid. Well, um, that's lovely. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was not familiar with the model, but I did hunt it down online, and there, that is a sort of... I think people think that miniature painting has been, and gaming with miniatures has existed for a very, very long time, but actually it's not that old in a loss. I mean, there's toy soldiers going back yeah. for centuries, but yeah. actually forming those into a coherent game, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously one of the, the first... Historically, one of the first ones was H.G. Wells did yes. um, did wargaming, and I, I was not a wargamer, and I, I didn't have any 
uh, great interest in, in wargaming, mm. um, really until until Warhammer. Yeah, yeah, first edition. But I mean, what I was saying about that that miniature was that it's there is a wonderful innocence about it. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. We're making some sorcerers and some yeah. you know, and a ranger. Yeah, that's and we we've got no. Again, it's like when you're new to painting, you've got no one telling you what you can or can't do. It's yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 I think there's a lot of back then there was a lot of influence from things like Sinbad. You know, the the, the Sinbad films, and and actually. Uh, yeah. We yeah. kind of don't realise how incredibly influential those Sinbad films probably were on on the on the you know kind of yeah, uh, hobby psyche. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they have that kind of almost uh, caricature like nature and yeah. innocence in a way. Um, Definitely, yeah. Of, of those and, and yeah, and those models, you know, there's some great there's some great models in that set. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was there was. You know, imagine sitting down and going, I'm going to make one of the first ever Ranger models. I have mm. no reference. What is a Ranger? Is it yeah. Robin Hood? Is it Aragorn? Is it, you know, what, what, what is a Ranger? And, and not having the weight of, of all of the other Rangers that have ever been made. And yeah, portrayed exactly. Yeah, um, you, you haven't got any Wood Elf Waywatchers. You haven't yeah. got the Lord of the Rings film miniatures. Yeah. Anything it, like that. You no, just it's it's literally just you know kind of yeah yeah. They're wonderful. Must have been you know very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I wonder if I mean because Grenadier doesn't get much of a mention these days. No. I mean, what happened to Grenadier? Games. Do they just fold and go away quietly, or do they... yeah, I don't know. I have a feeling, and I, I, I don't know what what happened to them. It's probably one of those um, things where they didn't they didn't evolve. Mm. Um, but I, I think that somebody owns the rights to them because I think that there you can buy new. Yeah, right. versions of some of them so some of the molds yeah, okay. still exist and you can you know and somebody sells some of them I have yeah. I have seen that online oh good well I'm um, glad someone does yeah. yeah yeah I mean I can't imagine that they I mean also they're also really small that's the other thing is, is that you know it was mm-hmm. kind of you know 25 to 28 mil not uh, not heroic 32 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Um, and which of course makes painting them a little bit harder, um, but also, you know, the <clears throat> the level of detailing is pretty good, mm. um, and because it's small, it's delicate. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, the the folds of a cloak have to be relatively delicate because yeah. you know it's a, it's a smaller scale. So yeah. you know. So you you got into this through for the the law. Uh, well, not law specifically, but the you know you found yourself with a love of fantasy, yeah, and uh, you wanted to role play these games. You started role playing yeah. these games, yeah. Did did painting was that sort of the third tier, or did it become? Uh, um, I think painting didn't become so important. To me. I loved art, so yeah. I, you know, and and you know, and I did A level art school and. Um, but I don't think I really connected with painting until I was to an older teenager. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, my my father um, taught art and design um, and was had gone to art school, 
Um, and I think there was a, a little bit of, you know, kind of jealousy mm. about his... He would occasionally um, draw a, uh, a Dungeons & Dragons monster. Um, uh, I remember the, him drawing a, a carrion crawler, um, and it was just brilliant. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and I would look at what I'd done and be a bit brokenhearted. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and so it was only once I sort of found my skill through two dimensional art that mm. I then started being more interested in the three dimensional stuff. Yeah. Um, nice. But I always loved dioramas. And, and, oh, yeah. And actually, um, one of my friends at school, his dad was Humphrey Ledbetter, who was... Uh, he was a freelancer, but he did some of the very early Citadel uh, oh, models. Yeah, okay. Um, but he made dioramas for people. Yeah. Um, and he did, you know, he did lots of things. Like, he did had done quite a lot of album covers mm. um, and things like that. But I remember going around to his house... And, you know, to hang out with my friend Finn and um, just basically not being interested in Finn, but being <laughs> yeah. totally interested in his dad's workshop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was just this incredible trove. And that, I think, um, st- because I, I, I've always loved terrain. And, mm. you know, and that's kind of one of the things that I do now. But um, the I love how miniatures play a part. Mm. So I'm not, you know, I'm not a... I'm never going to be a uh, approaching golden demon kind of level. Most of us won't. Yeah. M- most of us won't. But I mean, it's it's not something that I aspire to, because I'm not super interested in in individual models in that kind of intense way. Yeah. That there's um, what I love is an army or a scene. Yes. Um, yeah. And you know, you, you can be a bit more forgiving when when there's you know <clears throat> when you've got sixty chaos warriors. Yes, that's down. true. Yeah, they don't all have to be to uh, you know kind of award level standard. No. Well, yeah, but then it's hard. I think back to um, seeing Golden Demon entries, and it's always the dioramas that I remembered more than anything yeah. else. And there's actually I got the um, Golden Demon Compendium. Yeah, uh, or I think it, legally you have to call it just the compendium. Um, but it's got in there the it's a crash speeder in a swamp in yeah. it's with an orc one. outpost yeah. number seven yeah. or nine. I can't remember. Yeah, that's that's been living in my head since yeah. I saw it when I was a kid. It yeah. Was, it's yeah, I, they stay with you, dioramas. They paint that picture. Well, and not to to lessen the incredible ability of. Um, single figure oh. miniature painters no of course not oh. but but i think that um dioramas ha- have an uh, have an easier time of it to be considered art in mm. that they are creating um a thoughtful emotion whereas miniatures single figure miniatures str- they have to be a the miniature themselves has to be a really interesting miniature yeah um and then they have to be painted in a way that captures some spirit which is a lot harder to do so when you and when you do see one that does that it's breathtaking yeah absolutely. Um, but it's harder whereas a, a, a diorama it's 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 easier to go here's a, a, a moment in time yeah you know it's like that thing of like um you know the, the famous the, the last supper right mm. um if you compare the last supper to a generic painting of jesus the Last Supper has story, has emotion, yes. has yeah, yeah. has contra- contrasting events in it, all those kinds of things. Yeah, but yeah. just a you know a, an I- iconic picture of Jesus is like, well, you know, he's a guy with a beard, and yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely, um, you know, um, 
so yeah so i i so that so that sort of moving into becoming more involved in miniatures um in, in of their own right i think probably kind of hit me when i was probably around 16 yeah um the one of the ones one of the in fact the next miniature that i was going to talk about yeah yeah let's go um, which is uh it's c20 dash 1c thank you troll with captive yeah um <laughs> it's uh i remember it's it's um it's explicit you know the 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 yeah. troll has um a penis and the the captive is a naked woman yeah it felt grown up to me Yes. Um, yeah. I it, it wasn't. I wasn't. You know, boyishly sniggering at it. I mean, it, you know, it's not that I was the kind of child who didn't snigger at yeah, yeah, wheelies and yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but it made me go. Here is a a hobby that grown ups play. So it must mm. have depth to it. It must have life. It must have. Uh, dimensions that I'm I'm yet to explore. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I've always um, loved, and, and um, Robin D. Laws has this expression, strange vistas. Mm. So he talks about how role-playing games have lots of elements. Yeah. And players gravitate to um, particular styles. Like some people love player-to-player interaction some people love the fighting some people love the kind of solving problems yeah and for me it's the strange vistas it's that Mm. unknown it's what's around the next corner yeah okay yeah and that um that troll model had that for me it was you know what is Mm. this horrible creature and what is the story behind it yeah it has a raised um scimitar yes who's it fighting yeah. And so all of a sudden there's a story there and and there's an adult story there. Yeah. Um and that was that that I remember being you know really really interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean you couldn't I mean games workshop definitely couldn't no. but I don't think anyone could do that now that no. miniature. No. But no. It was it was sort of more was it is it again am I going to use the word innocent? In yeah. Strange Weirdly. Sense? Yeah, yeah, it was Yeah. You could, that was the, it was that classic caveman clubbing the yeah. other head dragging off into the cave yeah. which is not something that it was ever acceptable but back then you still knew it wasn't acceptable but you could, it was so ridiculous yeah it was funnier but now uh, it's not funny no anymore. no and it, and it isn't and no. and you know I wouldn't be comfortable uh buying a model like that no. now no um, absolutely not and because I you know I understand the effect that these things have had on people and it's horrific and you know absolutely not um i think back then it was you know i think perhaps one of the reasons why we have progressed in this area is because of exposure to things like that because i think that if you look at kind of the um the mythology, for example, around fifth, the fifties and the innocents. Yeah, it wasn't innocent. No, there were terrible, terrible things going on. Yeah, but they were hidden. Yeah, you didn't know about them. So most people t- just assumed that either they didn't go on, or they did. They they did these terrible things behind closed doors, and you know, and 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 shame. You know, yes, yeah. people were shamed into not saying these. Things that had happened or gone on to them or whatever. Yeah. Um, but we know that these things happen. We don't need it. We don't need it to be um, used, frankly, to sell to make money for people. No, absolutely you know? not. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, 
Right, let's um, skirt around the rest of that topic. Yep. Uh, and move on to number three. Number three. Was, um, Orcus. Yeah. Another Grenadier model. Um, and I pick, picked this one because, you know, Dungeons & Dragons then became pretty much my my world, um, if you like. I, uh, you know, was at school, of course, but um, I either played Dungeons & Dragons or I was LARPing in, mm. in the woods, in, in Highgate Woods. Uh, Orcus is a very iconic demon lord from, from Dungeons & Dragons, the yep. lord of the undead. Um, you know, ironically, uh, you know, a kind of goat-faced, fat, bloated, winged demon mm. didn't look undead, so he sort of obviously got this mantle of being prince of the undead. Yeah. Um, fantastic skull-topped wand that would just kill you yeah, <laughs> if yeah. it touched you. Yeah. Um, and Grenadier did a fantastic model. I mean, to this day, it stands up mm. as... Or as as I still think it's probably one of the best representation I've seen of Orcus. Yeah. Um, and this was in 1983, and I think that's important because one of the things it has is, is that the the folds of the skin on the face are perfect. Right. Um, and if you just just took the head, for example, and you compared it, um, and it's metal, but if you compared it to, you know. Um, new GW models, which is obviously you know the, the best designs in the world. Mm. Um, it would it would stand up, you know. Um, yeah, and mm-hmm. I, and and that I think is is very cool. Mm. Um, and it's a I've painted it twice. I've stripped it back um, uh, a couple of years ago, and I'm, it's sat on my vast uh queue yeah, of yeah. painting projects we've all got the queues yeah, yeah. Uh, and i'm really looking forward to to painting I, I own three orcus models one is a one i painted as a statue because i've got three so i'm like well, yeah, one will not? be a statue yeah, yeah, yeah. um uh and uh, yeah i'm 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 really really looking forward to doing it the justice that my ability can achieve now compared to yeah. you know 20 years ago and then you so, know 25 years ago well, when you were with that model, yeah, were you playing D and D with Orcus on? No, on the table, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't think I've ever used uh, Orcus um, in ang- actually. Maybe I did once because I, I we I used to play D and D with an old school friend Toby, and we would we would lit we would kind of take it in turns to run uh, TSRs and. Old adventures, first edition AD and D adventures, yeah. and um, quite ludicrously powerful characters. And you know, um, we did the giants, the the slavers, the giants, the drow. Um, we did the lost caverns in, of Soikanth, and I'm, I think in that I used Orcus at one point. So maybe I have used it. No. I don't think I used the model though. Okay, it would have been right. probably been round at his house. Yeah, yeah. So, no, good. Well, I'm glad yeah. you've had a chance to yeah. play a Orcus once. Yes, because, yes. Um, you obviously got fondness. I mean, it is. Is there is because he is kind of a, in a way, a sort of typical demon. And yeah. he's red skin. Yeah. He's got bat wings yeah. and um, yeah. things. But then he's got that weird sheep head skull yeah. thing on his where his head is. Um, when I look at him, I also see a little bit, and I'm not suggesting any. Um, uh, untoward borrowing, but I see a little bit of bloodthirster there as well. Is that skulls and 
Red Demon and things. And I suppose well, they are both traditional. But, but the thing is, is I mean, I, I, I am led to believe okay. that the, the Lord of Change is a Vrock demon, that a Bloodthirster is a Pit Fiend, or okay. a, uh, or, or a Bal, Bal, Balor Type 5 demon, yeah. um, that um, Great Unclean Ones, the, the classic Nurgle shape, is um, there is a big, there are big fat, grubby demons. Yeah, yeah. So I think that those original models were made for Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And then they renamed them. Oh, so, sure, yeah. So I think, yeah, and, and um, the, those archetypical Warhammer demons are very influenced by Dungeons and Dragons because oh, originally yeah, they yeah. were made for D&D. Well, I mean, yeah. Games Workshop was a D&D company. Yeah, absolutely. It? I mean, they, 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 I had the, the absolute pleasure and honour of running Dungeons and Dragons in Bugman's using the Games Work uh, edition yeah. of... Because you obviously, you know, you, don't yeah. wanna, you only want to use GW stuff mm-hmm. um, and there's a D&D version of it. So you can play D&D in Bugman's. Yes, you can. You <laughs> and can. nobody can tell you off. Absolutely. Um, the, yeah. the fact that half the people playing it were from GW obviously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of helped. But I was secretly hoping that somebody would come over and tell me off and I would go, no, but look, it's yeah, I know. Games Workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Oh great! Well, that's that's fun. So moving on from Orcus, yes. Um, so so then I discovered Warhammer, and obviously, first edition Warhammer is a is a strange beast. Yeah, I've never really um, gotten too deep into it because yeah. I know I've been told how strange it is. It, it's 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 it feels like it, <laughs> there were two people in the in the um, GW office, one of whom was like. I really want to do a fantasy war game. And the other one was like, great, but make it a role-playing game because that's what sells. Yeah. So there's a a book on character creation um, Mm. and you roll up like you roll up heroes and you can easily end up with heroes who are worse than the troops that they're (laughs) leading. (laughs) Nice. Good. Um, Then there's wizards who uh, have... it's it's a magic point system, so you know yeah, three yeah. points to cast uh, gust of wind, which is the totally broken spell mm. because uh, you can if you, as long as you can cast it, you can basically shut down a unit of archers just like that. Oh, nice. um, yeah. uh, and um, but in the first edition, you you have a, an amount of of uh, magic points for your entire life, which is like you know. 2000 and so you so not only do you you have an amount you can cast a day Mm. but you also have uh to keep count of all of the spells you ever cast oh god right Um, yeah so that's uh yeah so that's kind of fun and there's no law in it um at all i don't think um Mm. well interesting because the, the the scenario in the first edition is Goblins versus dwarves on a cigarette, Um, which you know later on is a bit like okay, that's that's Slan and lizard men. Yeah. yeah. Um, Although of course you know there's and and obviously there were Amazons and um, there were and and all of that, but it it was kind of a really basically kind of a bit lawless. Yeah. Um, And. But it was it was fun, and we you know we we played it, and then the second edition came out fairly good. There were like a forces of fantasy box set. Oh, and the other thing, of course, was was toughness was uh, letters rather than numbers. So your strength was a number, and your toughness was a letter. 
<laughs> A, B, C, D. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you had all the characteristics as well. So, you know, there was four, char- four characteristics rather than, than just leadership. Yeah. Um, and then second edition came out and it cleared up a lot of things. W- was purely a war game. Yeah. At that point, yeah, yeah. and that was the game that I played a lot of, right? Um, with with my friends, and I started. That was when the army bug, kind yeah, of hit. yeah, and that yeah. that would have been sort of probably around for me. It would have been around eighty six that I really right. kind of started getting into that. You know, was not a didn't ha, didn't come from a wealthy background, didn't have a lot of money, um, so it wasn't like I had lots and lots of models, but mm. it was what, what I spent my money on when I could, and and still Dungeons and Dragons stuff, yeah. But was it, I mean, because I remember when in second edition 40k, actually 20 Space Marines was about 2,000 points. Well, it, depending on the turbines yeah. and tanks and the, well, Rhino was 500 points or something. Yeah. Well, was it like that in fantasy in that edition where you could actually only, you only needed. You could definitely do small, that. Yeah, yeah. Because, because the thing was, is that back, back then you could. It really wasn't balanced. So no. what you would do is you would buy a uh, a very expensive wizard, like a fourth level wizard, yeah, who would have conjure um, elementals, and elementals uh, had yeah. ten in all of their stats, yeah, and yeah. were like a thousand points, mm. but you could just summon them. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. and but if you wanted to build a, a, a cheap army, then yeah, sure, you you mm. would go right. Well, I'm going to have a dragon and a you know two wolves, and that's a thousand points. Yeah, um, and because there was no very little constraints around list building, you could you could do what you yeah what you wanted. Yeah, um, yeah. but it was also when they were beginning to explore the law and. I really liked the early law. I mean, I like all of it, yeah. but the early law was was had some elements of real high fantasy stuff. Um, and actually, the last model I'm going to talk about the the um, it kind of goes back to that yeah. the chaos wastelands being this incredibly strange place. Yes, yes, um, and. You know, and and like in the Citadel journals and and things like that, they would they would have these little sections on law that were incredible, mm. um, and <clears throat> they brought out um, regiments of the renown. Yes, and one of those was the Disciples of Red Redemption. That's RR16. RR16, yes. yeah, RR16. Um, and I loved those models. They were, they're monks with flails and shields yeah. and um, uh, metal masks, clearly, mm. you know, um, very grotesque faces. And the law behind them was great because, I mean, it, you know, it, it's kind of heavily influenced by the Crusades. So it's the, the you know, the the... Effectively, the the old world, the the uh, empire is crusading effectively in um, Arabia. Yeah. Um, and then these these monks basically find this book, which is a book of corn, uh. and just just the fact that there's you know that because I think one of the problems with with corn is like yeah they just run out of food because they're too busy fighting to yeah you know there's there's no kind of uh, you know, how do these things actually work? But the fact that the, the, there was a book mm. about you know, the blood god and they read this book and become these um, cultists. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I just think that they're really, really very cool models. 
Um, nice. And I have uh, I have a lot of them now. I've got about thirty of them. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Big unit. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and and that was um, there was a. I mean, I really liked the 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 dark elves from back then, um, and I've got a lot of those unpainted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the the old lizard men and the old troglodytes, yeah, and the cold yeah. ones, and, oh, yeah. you know, and um, those very spindly troglodytes yeah, um, with a yeah. massive. You know, I I love those those models, I, and I love their stat line because they had two wounds and a natural armor save. Mm. I mean, you know, I wasn't smart enough to go. Well, actually, that's it's not cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've, yeah, they've got an armor save that you can't drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but their price includes the armor save. Yeah, but it was exactly. like, yeah, well, these ones you don't have to buy shield and and an armor for because you know it's God, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so. Um, so yeah. So yeah. the disciples, how do you, how do you think they stack up to things like? Well, because I, when I, I, so I looked these up because I actually hadn't heard yeah. of them yeah. um, before. So I looked them up and I did get a slight feeling of the flagellants that yeah. exist for the still yeah. existed in Sigmar today. Yeah, yeah, they're very much actually like yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah. I think if you were to do a modern, uh, yeah, it would be really cool to do a modern version of them using. Flagellant yeah. models yeah. that have have you know gone so balmy that they've actually started realizing that mm. they need to be surrounding thrones with skulls and yeah you know. yeah well I mean I had because I mean obviously they're flagellating themselves they're, a lot of blood's going to be coming out so yeah you know. I mean exactly and corn cares not from whence the blood flows exactly um, yeah exactly yeah you know and um, you know you, you obviously you want to. Uh, make people the uh, fear and respect you by having skulls everywhere. So you know, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, oh, good, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I don't. I mean, they're not they're not brilliantly sculpted models. They're very evocative. Yeah, um, and I very I, and like I said, I love the law. I don't, you know, I they they wouldn't hold up today. Um, they they're, they're decent. Yeah, but, you know, but again, they're also small. Like that's one of the things is is that, you know, if you put them next to um, even the, I mean, I don't know quite how old the Chaos Marauder, plastic Chaos Marauders are, but they're probably 15 years old or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I should think so, yeah. Um, and they're all, they all come up, they'd all come up to the shoulders of, of those. Yeah, In yeah. terms of height. Oh, God, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, well, again, I mean, it was... It was a time where, and this is not to say that the sculptors weren't professionals, because obviously they were, and they were very talented, but there was also that sort of passionate amateur yeah. thing about yeah. them, where yeah. it's, yeah. I'm making this because I want to make it, and it looks cool, yeah. and I'm going to do it. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and probably there's also somebody in the background going, do you know the price of pewter at the moment? <laughs> you can't afford to, can we not have a great big mace? Can we make it a sword, because it will be cheaper? If you, yeah, you know, make yeah. a thousand of them, that's... That's you know fifty quid less money. Yeah, in, yeah. In wow. Raw I didn't know about that. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So after them. Yeah. Nineteen eighty six rolls around. Nineteen eighty six rolls around. Um, um, and and at this point, I am. I've always loved science fiction. I yeah. love reading science fiction. Yeah. Um, I played a fair bit of Traveller, which is the sci-fi classic sci-fi role-playing game, mm. um, which is kind of weirdly low-tech. Um, and um, Road Trader, Trader comes out. Yeah. Um, and I'm not super into it, if I'm honest. I was feeling a little bit like Games Workshop were just 
cannibalizing their own stuff and just sp- right. sp- sticking chaos spiky bits on everything. Yeah. And, you know, guns on like, oh, let's let's have some um, dwarves with, with guns and, yeah. and things like that. And I, so I wasn't super keen. And then the Imperial Space Marine, the very first Imperial Space Marine mm. model came out with the um, gun pointing down. Yeah. The... Uh, I can't remember what mark. Uh, well, it's basically got. It's beaky. Isn't it's, it? it's a beaky, but it has the studded uh, shoulder pads. Yeah, so well, it's a patchwork. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. Again, um, there were no rules. for There were no rules for it. Yeah. And but the thing is, is that the gun itself um, is very uh, organic, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of tubing on the armor. Yeah, and it was yeah. very actually very Geiger-esque. Yes, and that I loved mm-hmm. because. I was obsessed with Geiger and the Necromonicon books and Alien and, and Aliens had obviously come out at that point. And that was like, this is actually really cool because yeah. that's that's capturing me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always, um, I've never, it's a very personal thing, but I don't do historical wargaming. Mm-hmm. Um, the only things that ever really attract me are pre they've got to be at least a thousand years old yeah yeah. um because i'm not comfortable with it i'm not comfortable with um wargaming things that have historical impact today yeah so i've got a lot of friends who really who are you know very uh you know i'm I'm very left-wing and i've got a lot of friends who are very left-wing and they are happily playing uh, bolt action and things like that. I really don't have a problem with people playing it, mm, but it's just not for not me. Your, yeah, yeah. And I think there was a little bit of that in at first with um, 40k for me, just because it's guns and okay, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, it it it. But then, um, but then at the same time, I was growing up and I was discovering the joys of um, sex and drugs and rock and roll um, and kind of more of my time and and money was being spent on socializing so i didn't really get into into 40k no um and then actually ironically i i uh moved to nottingham for a couple of years Mm -hmm. um um and we were doing a lot of war game we played uh warhammer quest quite a lot yeah yeah um, when that came out but i wasn't i you know i was moving around i didn't bring my model collection with me to Nottingham because, you know, it yeah, was, yeah. was a bit, a bit kind of transient. And then I went to university. So um, I went to university more as a mature student and kind of got into Magic the Gathering. So I was yeah, playing a lot yeah, of Magic the Gathering yeah. and still playing, uh, doing a lot of role playing. And for the next decade, really, until kind of around two, two thousand and sort of two, two thousand and three. I wasn't doing miniatures, no. really. I mean, I would occasionally have something um, for Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. But that was it. It was yeah. very, very, very light. Well, traveling backwards a little bit. Yeah. When when the Imperial Space Marine appeared, yes. in nineteen eighty six, what was? Do you remember the sort of community reaction to it, or, or your your even just your game? Because obviously, community yeah. back then meant something different because we don't have, didn't have the internet. Well, that was it. Is is that is that my my community was mm. my role playing group yeah who i also did wargaming with some of yeah and white dwarf magazine <laughs> of course um and 
Yeah, I think I was one of the real, in my group, I was often the dungeon master, often the person, I organised um, our Warhammer fantasy campaign. Yeah. Um, I was the one who was always introducing new games to the group. Um, and, yeah. you know, my previous comment about attention span meant that I was changing systems quite a lot. Fair enough, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that because I wasn't, because there was no one pushing it, if somebody had got really enthusiastic about it, I would have probably got into it more. But there was a little bit of a kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, this is just another thing with loads of chaos spiky bits and, mm-hmm. um, you know, orcs with guns, which just felt yeah. a bit... I don't know. At the time, I felt it undermined my idea of orcs. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I was very much into the kind of Lord of the Rings of orc rather than the, um, you know, f- <coughs> fungoid... Uh, fun puncher. Yes. Um, well, I mean, these were orcs spelt with a K. Well, that's so. that is true. They were orcs spelt with a K. Um, <laughs> but I was, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was earnest, and I was um, a little bit up my own ass, to be honest with you. So, yeah, mm. it wasn't wasn't like massively drawn to it. Yeah. Um, but I did buy the Imperial Space Marine model because I thought it was really cool, and yeah. I painted it shades of purple and gave it a gloss finish to make it look nice. like it was an alien model. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they came up again in another one of these chats, but the Chaos Renegades, when they came out, they had that wonderful yeah. tubing, yeah. Geigery sort yeah. of feel to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and some of those those metal Chaos models, I look back at now, mm. and I've collect, I've been sort of collecting them on and off, and they're just incredible. Yeah. They're, I mean, talk about creativity. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, bonkers. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. So, um, I know there's the sorcerer that's half man, half slug. Yes. Fungoid yeah, yeah, yeah. bottom half. Uh, you know. Yeah, and things. Uh, yeah, there's absolutely brilliant models. So, uh, jumping into more of a sort of modern era yeah. of of things. Yeah. Uh, there's a certain model. I suppose this is quite good because it's actually got a code. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the one itself has a code. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're talking about the XV8 Tau Crisis Battlesuit. Absolutely. It? Is it the Crisis Battlesuit? Yeah, yeah Crisis yeah. Battlesuit. Yeah. Um, so uh, I had... Uh, um, I was going through a, a difficult patch in my life. Um, yeah. I um, was getting divorced and moved back to London. Um, and I moved in with um, a guy I knew from the role-playing scene, um, Angus Branson, who used to work in leisure games in North London, very right. famous game shop. Yeah. Um, and Dave Alsop, the the uh, incredibly talented um, writer and um, artist who uh, worked on Slay Industries, done, has done quite a lot of work for GW yeah, and years, Magic Cards yeah. and all those kinds of things. And for Christmas, I think, on my birthday, um, they bought me um, some Tau. Um, and it was... What happened was is that I I'd, I'd hadn't been playing 40k and I think this would have probably been around fourth edition mm-hmm. um, but I'd read quite a lot of the novels and loved the lore yeah. at that point the, the grim dark basically mm-hmm. um, and then when I sort of and and to me you know 40k is uh, it's I, I think it's very pro-anarchist bizarrely 40k because because all authority is bad in yes. 40k because yeah. there are no there are no good guys and um, every single society culture is horrendously flawed, mm-hmm. mostly because of themselves. 
Yeah. Apart from tyrannids, but you know, they're you know, that's the that's that's nature. That represents the force of nature. Mm. Um, and I loved the the idea of the Tao being sort of communists and flawed and because you know, they're not they're also not the the good guys, but no. um, up against you know, the idea that you have these um, kind of very Japanese kind of Gundam um, battle suits yeah. up against lobotomized babies that have had wings glued onto them yeah, that, are, yeah, yeah. that are drones. And yeah. you know, then you've got the AI drones. kind of, the f- yeah. And the fact that they could make that work yeah. and not feel stupid, no, it I thought was incredible. Yeah. Um, and I just love the battle suit models because they're quite simple. They really remind me of Appleseed. Because I, yeah. I, I think they're probably heavily influenced by Appleseed. I'm sure they were. Yeah. Um, and um, and there's a lot of where you position the arms and the uh, the guns yeah. gives them very different feels. There's a lot of m- motion you can bring you to can. a fairly static model. Yeah, they're really um, nicely designed. Like yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and yeah, and so that was my my first forty k army was was um, Tau, oh, um, wow. and I also very naively, <laughs> very mm. naively thought, well, it's a sci fi game, so being good at shooting has got to be good, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, a, <laughs> and then the person that I played solely uh, for a couple of years, pretty much, yeah. Uh, was an orc player, and okay. uh, I mean, it turns out it, it's 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 our Toby, who is probably one yeah. of the best forty k players I've ever ever met. Yeah, um, and and he always pretty much always beat me, mm-hmm. um, but it also showed me that you know getting in, um, close and personal is the way to yeah. way, way to win in in forty k. Certainly, you know, for a very long time, that's yeah, kind of been, yeah. been the way. No, yeah. So so yeah, I, I very much got into the. Um, into 40k and then then I, I I didn't paint them very well and I did the classic thing of being embarrassed by them mm. so I then switched to Plague Marine okay, and yeah. bought, was buying random bits off eBay and things like that so I was getting hold of some of the old metal yeah, Plague Marines yeah. that were out of um, out of print and some of the, the, the Forge World had obviously got the conversion kits the Plague Marine conversion kits which were amazing, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I'm not a I'm not a precise painter, and so Nurgle um, appeals greatly to me. Yeah, yeah, um, and is is you know, I am a <coughs> a, a keen follower of, of of grandfather, and you know, mm-hmm. no, he's very good. Well, I was going to ask him because obviously we've got um, uh, the new Tau Codex coming relatively soon. Yeah, um, you still got that army. Uh, I I do I've sold quite a lot of my my tower my unmade tower yeah. stuff um, because I have like most of us um, I've actually I mean you know it got so bad that I ended up hiring a workshop <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like you know what I just I'm gonna sell this stuff some of it's I had um I actually bought the giant uh, I can't remember what the code name is the the the, the almost uh, warhound size. Tau suit, the, the uh, Forge World one. Oh, oh, god, yeah. Um, um, no, I can't remember his name. Either. Yeah, and I and I ended up selling it. I sold it to a guy in Australia, mm. um, and I was just like, you know what, you know, I'm gonna get. I think I made about. I think I sold everything for about a thousand pounds. I was like, if I want to get back into Tau, I'll just, I'll do that. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't, embarrassingly, I haven't played ninth edition. Yeah, right, right. Um, I, yeah, I have got massively into Age of Sigmar. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I still play quite a lot of the games. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Dragon Rampant mm. and I also really like Oath, Oathmark, Joe um, McCullen's um, Square Bases game. Okay. Um, which is a really good, really, really, really good uh, war game. Very kind of simple. simple. Um, it's like, it's a bit like Kings of War but it's simpler. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's all about placement and movement and those kinds of things mm. um so you know i've got lots of lots of models so and yeah and so i've just kind of i've not fallen out of love with the 40k universe at all quite quite the opposite i've been listening to all of the um siege of terror audiobooks yeah. and i'm listening at the moment i'm listening to the uh twice dead king the the Necron oh, book, yeah, which, yeah, I, yeah. which is, I, I bought it as a kind of like, sell Necrons to me because mm. in my head they're a bit boring and actually it's a really good book. Yeah. There's a lot of character in it. Yeah, um, they're, they're, yeah. I think people just see sort of space robots. Yeah, exactly. Actually yeah. there's a lot more yeah. to them. Yeah. yeah. Or, or evil chaos robots as I think they were originally mm. called. I um, believe that is what they were. Yeah. yeah. So you were saying you you were just playing one per Toby. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, I knew through. Uh, well, I first met you. Yeah. At Hate Club. Yes. Yeah. So when did when did Hate? So Hate. Up? So Hate Club started. Toby organised. Uh, the way I, I kind of really got into forty k was Toby organised a combat patrol campaign. Yeah. Um, where you know we it was the thing of. You play everyone once. Yeah. And I think there was probably about seven or eight of us doing it. Um, I didn't know any of the other people. I only knew Toby. Um, and I met Toby through my 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 wife now. Mm-hmm. Um, they were they were friends. And it's from the alternative clubbing scene in London. So, yeah. You know. and, um, and we started playing. We found that there's a pub in um, Stoke Newington, um, you know, uh, in Hackney called the Prince and they had an upstairs room and they had a little bit of storage that they could give us yeah, so nice. it meant that we didn't have to lug things backwards and forwards and you know once once a month we would play there and it got bigger and bigger yeah. um, and then we started going to events um, we would go to events in Reading invest, events in Bristol and then started coming up to events in Warhammer World and I think a mixture of friendliness and ability Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to- Toby and Dan are very charismatic people. They're also very good war 40k players. Very good, yeah. Um, I think Dan has played in GTs for Scotland. Um, and we made a bit of a name for ourselves as being really fun to, yeah. to, to play with. And, mm-hmm. and, and so we sort of like, well, let's, let's create a club around that. Um, and the name, I don't remember who, who came across the name, yeah. which is... It's it's so interesting. The Hackney area tabletop enthusiasts, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and as we've grown, it sometimes is a bit of a millstone because people, <laughs> I think people kind of just think, oh god, there's all these tattooed Nazis, and it's like well, it's kind of the opposite. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Well, be tattooed, but yeah, not Nazis. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I remember. Uh, yes, I, I've got a couple of friends in London who have just recently started playing 40k. And I did say to him, oh, because uh, one of them's um, over in Leytonstone. Yeah. I was like, oh, you should go to Hate Club. And he's like, 
why would I want to go to anywhere called a hate club? And yeah. I was like, no, not a hate club, yeah. hate club, Hackney yeah. area tabletop enthusiast. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay, so I think he's, he's going to pop along one day. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Um, yeah, and so we we, did, we put on a couple of nights at um, Electroworks, which is where the famous Slime Light Goth yeah, Club yeah. is. Um, but despite the people who run it, unfortunately, Mac has passed away, but characters, shall we say. Yes, yeah. yeah. And they wouldn't let us store stuff there, even though uh, they had right. bags of room. Yeah. Uh, and it was just too much to, you know, hire a van and take it down there and, you know, all yeah. that sort of stuff. But Toby was doing a lot of uh, performance stuff and had built up a bit of a relationship with Bethnal Green Working Men's Club. Yeah. Um, and they said, you can store stuff here. We've got these cages out the back. And if you you can get boxes which make them waterproof, then you can use those cages. And yeah. We'll we'll have the boards back around the back of the bar, um, which has just been an absolute godsend. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know anyone who's familiar with Bethnal Green Working Men's Club will know that it's a bit bit run down. It's where they film half of all working men's club scenes. Yeah. yeah in yeah. in you know if they if they ever need you know East End gangsters. Yep. Then they film it there, yep. which sometimes means that we, at short notice, we 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 don't run because they yeah. get paid a vast amount of money f- yeah. for a day, and they can't say no. Guy Ritchie's doing a thing. Yeah, Could he exactly. have it for the week? Yep. Yeah. And it features on um, an out, um, Kylie Minogue album cover, and there's the big heart light. Oh yeah, thing. of course, yeah. Um, oh, and, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's been in lots of lots and lots of things, and the um, there's a, a the woman who runs the bar, Mags. Um, yeah. I think she didn't know what to make of us at, at no. first, <laughs> and now uh, she is she, she is the she is one of the kind of principal characters, yeah, if you definitely. like, of 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 hate. Yeah. Um, and uh, when the pandemic started, they had to close down. We were, mm. we were worried about her, and so we did a, a bit of a fundraiser for her. And the amount of money that we raised was astronomical. So well, she was yeah, just yeah. like, "That's insane." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, but that's um, so lovely because that's yeah. She is definitely a, a, a bit of the heart and soul. Of that, yeah, she but, really is. Yeah, 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 she really is, and she will defend us, you know, to the to the death. Yeah, um, and she, you know, it's her favourite night of the week. And no, that's great. Well, uh, well, well, well done for Hate Club. It's, well, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. massively a, a joint. A yeah, joint effort. and it just it just all gra- organically grew. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was um, and. We've got lots of kind of there's a there's a there's a sort of a hate in in Hastings, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and there's you know obviously we've very got a lot of friends over in Bristol and um, and Reading and, and places yeah. like that. So it's it's you know it's and it's really around. I mean I think that I think that the core um, the way I talk about wargaming is is that your job is to entertain your opponent when you're yeah. wargaming. That's what you should be doing. Right? Yeah. And you can do that in so many different ways. And one of them is by having a super tight, well thought out army and playing really well because mm-hmm. that's very entertaining to play. Yeah, yeah. It can just be that you've named every single one of your characters. You have a beautifully painted army. Yeah. But the, the thing is, is that if you're trying to make your opponent have a good time mm. and your opponent is trying to make you have a good time, it doesn't matter what way the battle goes, you've spent three hours of your <clears throat> precious life yeah. having a good time Isn't that as nice? opposed to one person having a good time and yeah. the other person feeling like you know they've just been shoved in a bag and, and flushed down the toilet. Absolutely. Couldn't um, agree more. And it and I and that I think is the thing that 
that we strive to and we we heavily encourage at the club. Yeah, um, and it works. Yeah, yeah, it really does. I mean, I remember yes, the first time I went, it was yeah. You do get that sort of. Well, there's a lot of very large, <laughs> shaven-headed, tattooed men in here, but yeah. they all turn out to be the loveliest people. And yeah, you have great games against them, and it's just a nice. It's, it is. Like you say, it's three hours of your life where you're smiling and laughing and yeah. having a drink and yeah. Yeah. playing with your toy soldiers. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, I think it's you know most of us have very busy lives. Um, and why waste time in games that you're not going to enjoy? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, we got to the point of I will walk away from a game where mm. I'm like I'm not going to enjoy this. Yeah. And yeah. I'll buy the person a drink and talk to them at the bar and have a good time with them if I can Yeah, but yeah, yeah. they're clearly not there to we're, we're not there for each other they're no. there for themselves and yeah, I'm yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, yeah I don't really, get it either yeah. not really into that anymore but <laughs> uh, no but you, you found Age of Sigmar so I found you, Age of Sigmar you're enjoying it um, I'm enjoying it um, and this is your you we're going to now talk about one of your most recent models yes your latest models yeah so um, it's not the very latest model but it's the most significant model I've painted recently. Yeah. Um, and it's the Tamakan on uh, Toad Dragon yeah. Forge World model, which is a huge model. Yeah, it's a monster. Um, it's an absolute monster. It was quite intimidating. Um, I'd painted a couple a couple of years earlier, I'd painted the Forge World uh, resin Great Unclean one. Oh, God. Um, yeah, yeah. Which was the biggest model. I'd painted really mm-hmm. um, of that sort of style, and I'd done a good job on it. So I was feeling better about painting Tamakon. Um, but the reason why, you know, I, it's it's a beautiful model. It's an absolutely stunning model. The Toad Dragon is, you know, just just fantastic. But the other thing is is, is it's the law. The 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 Tamakon book, the Alan yeah. Byron Rick Priestley book is I think is one of the best uh, GW products ever made um, because it harkens back to that early kind of semi-high fantasy stuff because I love mm. don't get me wrong I love the old world and I yeah. love the kind of um, the kind of rat catcher nitty gritty low yep, level yep. stuff but you know the the it's basically it's a travel log of Tamakan, who's um, mm. you know spoiler he's actually a worm that inhabits host bodies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm um, and throughout the book he is in three different bodies. So he starts off in a basically in a Nurgle um, Chaos Lord body, and then goes into a Slanesh Chaos Lord body. Mm. Um, and then goes into an ogre body, and the model, the, the one that you buy, has the is the ogre bottle mm-hmm. body. But I've made the other two as well, so oh, no. I can yeah, play, yeah. It, play them at any point in history. Yeah, um, or it because it's a worm. I don't yeah. know if yeah. it has a, if it has a sex agenda. Um, <clears throat> uh, and but the story is just is just wonderful, mm. um, and it really is a world tour of that part of the of the known world of, yeah. of the. Um, chaos wastelands, the darklands, the the um, where the chaos dwarves are. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it spawned that the famous Ranger Forge World Chaos Dwarves, which is yeah. just you know fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then goes through the Border Princes, um, and then ends up in in uh, Nun. Yeah. Um, and 
it's 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 just fantastic. I mean, you know, and, and my understanding is that the idea was to do four books because they're called the Throne of Chaos, and it was I mm. think they were going to do one on each of the Chaos Gods. Right. But I think um, Horus Heresy really took off, and Alan Bly was probably completely yeah um, kind of overwhelmed by by uh, leading that. Yeah. Um, and I'm then sure. of course he he passed away. Unfortunately, which, very sadly. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, I think was 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 rude because I want those other three books. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. quality of this is just amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so the model obviously huge, uh, probably mm. I don't know, maybe ten, twelve inches yeah. head to tail. Well, it's got the look and feel of an iguana, yeah, but with a very yeah. toad-like face. Face, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and yeah, and painting it was kind of you know a mixture of. Starting with airbrushes mm-hmm. um, to get layers of gradation, and then um, lots and lots of washes and dry brushing, and yeah. um, picking out details and, and things like that. And it's you know it's just got tiny little touches. Like it has at the back, it has somewhere where it probably pisses from. You know. Yeah. Um, um, so it, it's just a genius model. Yeah. Uh, and I have, it, you know, the. the because there aren't really rules for it anymore in Age of Sigma that are not that are there are rules for it, but the I don't think they're going to be Age of Sigma three rules for it because it's not in print anymore. I don't no. Think. So, no. Um, so you know you can use it as a count as for um, the big Archeon or no. Well, or... you could do it. You could use it as Archeon, but but more um, the three brothers. What are they called? Oh, the Glockkin. The Glockkin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could could use it for that. It's bigger, but not. It's probably about as high. So yeah. So I um um and because I'm working on a a a proper chaos horde. Nice. So um, I've got uh, lots of blight kings, um, lots of of the older plastic chaos warriors, mm-hmm. um, marauders that I've used bits. <coughs> so so the um. Uh, there's some really great Nurgle stuff littered around. Mm. So the uh, one of the box sets, uh, um, I can't remember what the game is, but <clears throat> there was like a, a, a rogue trader box set that was half Imperial models and half... Oh, yeah. Um, it was for Kill Team, right? That ki- one. Y- y- no, it's is it Kill Team? Well, it's got like the... The guy's got like a belly furnace or the yeah. four big Nurgle things. Yeah, and and the, and the weird wormy things and, and gribblies and and the 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 the, the human sized ones. Mm. Those human sized ones, uh, I snipped up and and turned into chaos marauders, and they're just nice. absolutely brilliant. Some of the best yeah. models I think I've ever painted. Um, cool. Are, are some of those and. So yeah, so it's a mixture of Maggot King and Slaves to the Darkness, and I'm slowly adding some Skaven um, nice. Plague Monks to yeah, it, yeah. and um, Beastmen, kind of. Um, cool. Yeah. yeah, so that it's... Proper Chaos proper, Menagerie. Yeah, a proper Chaos Soup. Yeah, I um, like it. And one day I'm going to find somebody who's got an amazing Imperial Army, and I've got white... <clears throat> fortress walls and we're going to do yeah. the final battle yeah yeah um, nice I and, like it you know and, and I will lose because mm. A because I usually lose when I walk <laughs> in but also because you know historically he, he loses because uh, uh, right. the the um, 
a sorceress who very cleverly gives this amulet to her uh, champion, um, which mm. on his death, a few seconds after his death, uh, explodes. And right. so what happens is the worm goes into him because yeah, yeah. he manages to kill uh, the Tamakon, but the worm then comes out of the, the ogre and goes into him and then he blows up. Uh, and that's how nice. that's how you you deal with the yeah yeah good well yeah. I'm glad they found a solution yeah well worms. that's it I mean it's one of the really I mean it's so grim right yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. like the only way that this is going to work is if her champion dies yeah oh, wow. know, and he doesn't know no so, no <laughs> great yeah um, all right I'm conscious we've taken up a lot of your valuable time um, well, it's been an absolute pleasure well I've got a couple of two last questions for you yes uh, first off what's your favourite ever paint. Snake bite leather. Yes, go. That is yeah. a good choice. And yeah. you're talking about the original, the original snake leather, not yeah. the contrast paint. Yeah, the contrast paint is very good. Yes, very, it is. very good. Yeah, but yeah. the original snake bite leather is an incredible paint. Yeah. yeah, and I still have a pot. Oh, so. you lucky thing. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. What I'd do for a pot of snake bite leather. Yeah. Somewhere I've got some bulk gun metal, but I can't find it. Mm. Um, and then very last thing, uh, if you paint one miniature this year, anything from. From any time period, from it can exist or maybe it doesn't exist yet. Whatever you want, what would be what would be your one miniatures paint this year? Um, so my plan this year is to to get this chaos horde done. I'm trying not to buy models. Um, yeah. I would, I would, I'd love to paint uh, a, a really good Sauron model. I think that okay. would be. Uh, or maybe do a Sauron diorama because, as you know, my thing really is actually terrain. I, I yeah, love yeah. making terrain. Well, you do like making terrain, yes. yeah. 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 Um, and so to do a, a Sauron diorama would be, would be, you know, that's my 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 dream. Yeah, yeah. You know, it goes right back to my roots of Lord of the Rings having been having read to me when I was seven or eight. Of course, yeah. Um, and um, and and I think probably um, I've got. The Glockkin, and I've got the the three Magoth, Magoths. Yeah. Um, and I'm really looking forward to doing those. Good. Yeah. Nice. And great unclean ones. I've got two great unclean ones to paint. <laughs> great. And nice. yeah, I mean, obviously we could sit here for another five hours. Yeah. No. But, all the <laughs> yeah. But those those big big Nurgle monsters, I'm really yeah, I they're love fun. them. They're really good. They're yeah, really fun yeah. to paint. Once nice. you get over the the fear, it's do it. Just do yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Right. Well. Um, Sasha, thank you very, very much. Thank you very much, John. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, cheers. Well, there you go. Uh, that was wonderful. I loved that. That was a really nice chat, and uh, it was wonderful to spend time with Sasha, like I said in the, in the intro. Um, I was also going to mention, if you do find yourself in London, uh, in East London, and uh, you want a group of people to go and play... Uh, some games with um, do look into going to Hate Club because it's it's great it's a wonderful experience I do miss it um, I didn't go a huge amount but I did go a little bit um, back when I lived in London because it was kind of the opposite side of London to me but um, it was wonderful every time um, so yeah that's great and all the guys at Hate Club are great uh, hopefully I'm going to have another hater uh, coming up here uh, relatively soon so I can have a chat with them about hobbies uh, and miniatures and things like that um we'll see uh the next episode is in the can uh the next episode is all done and recorded i have to go and edit it and take out a few of my ums and errs and yes and things like that but uh yeah that should be coming out next sunday uh, as always my life in miniatures is available on spotify google um 
and Apple Podcasts, and uh, and you can find it at heresyandheroes.com. So uh, if you can think of anywhere else where you'd like it to be, send me a message. You can get hold of me at, at tw- uh, on Twitter, at Heresy Heroes. Uh, yeah, so, and, uh, well, more importantly, you can get hold of Sasha at illusionaryterrain.com or illusionaryterrain on Instagram, or you can find him on uh, on Twitter as well, as Sasha built on. Um, yeah, that's great. I haven't got anything more to talk about. Um, it's a windy day in Nottingham. My hangover has not greatly improved, so I'm going to go and um, lie in a bath, I think. that's That might fix it. Um, and then I'm going to go out and buy some iron brew and some bread. Um, you don't need to know this. I'm just telling you. Uh, it's really, it's really windy outside, and I don't want to go out. But um, we'll see. Hopefully, a bath fixes me. Anyway, I'm waffling again. Um, I hope you enjoyed that chat. I love doing it. And um, yeah, episode four in the bag. Um, I will speak to you next week with episode five. Uh, in the meantime, have an amazing time with your hobby. Uh, if you're excited about the Eldar, um, that's wonderful, because I certainly am. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see when all that starts, starts coming out, because I want that avatar. Um, if you're not, I hope you're excited about something else. I hope you're excited about um, whatever it is you're doing, and I hope you have had a wonderful uh, hour and a bit listening to me and, and Sasha having a chat. And, uh, and you've got some good hobby done. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got to say. I'm going for a bath. Uh, see you next week on My Life in Miniatures. <laughs>